spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Trying to get adjusted to the new position, but as the season went on, 
He got better and better. And at the bowl game, just everything came into fruition and his full potential came out on the national stage. And I think if he's able to pick up from where he left off, and I've said this before, if he can pick up from where he left off in that bowl game against Miami of Ohio, no telling what he can do this year. The sky's the limit. And I think what we saw in the bowl game and what we saw as the season went on as he progressed at his position, I think that's what the national pundits see. And I think that's why he's been able to be um, rewarded with this uh with this, with this, this uh, watch list, and I congratulate Levi. Like I said, I've met him once or twice. Great leader, great kid, and uh, very well deserved. You know, I, I mentioned it in my Underdog Dynasty article that he just gets better and better. He, he got better and better every game as the season progressed. Listen to these this stat number, and then Josh, I'll, I'll let you you know give your give your take. Two forty three for three seventy eight, which was a sixty four point three percent completion percentage, three thousand and fifty yards. He was the first quarterback in school history to throw for 3,000 yards. He averaged 8.1 yards per throw, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions for a QBR of 152.6. That's impressive. Those are some really good numbers. Now, I want to ask, you know, and I pose it to either one of you guys, looking at those numbers and how impressive he was last year, do you expect more from him in 2020, or is it more of the same? Well, I think you saw him grow up last year. You know, there was doubts, I think, or there were doubts. I think people were warranted in that. Uh, we didn't really know much about Levi. We knew he had potential. We knew he had skills. Uh, and we, we found out that he can actually play the position last year. Um, I want to comment about the fact that he's even on the Davey O'Brien Award Watch list. There are 30 quarterbacks on that list. I think that's a testament and an accomplishment in and of itself. I also think it's an accomplishment of, of the whole entire staff, the football staff, I mean, we have people in national spotlights uh, on this team returning for 2020, and that should say something about what the nation thinks that we're, we're capable of and what we accomplished last year. So already uh, a huge accomplishment for Levi. And, uh, again, I'm in that number that doubted and uh, kind of to, to steal a, a comment from Matt, if I saw him face-to-face, -face, regardless if he ever heard a comment I ever made, I would apologize and give him a hug. So, yeah, no, no. Know, but I, I definitely doubted him at the beginning of the year, so, you know, definitely going to eat my crow on that one. Um, and, you know, also another stat about the Davey O'Brien Award watch list, there are 30 quarterbacks on the list, two of them from the Sunbelt Conference, as uh, Zach Thomas from App State was also – put onto the list. That would have been expected. The best <clears throat> SBC quarterback in the history of the league, actually. According to App State fans. We should absolutely yeah, include we, that in the comments. We, we could we could, <laughs> we could divulge into that for an hour. Watch, but, out, watch out Jake DeLone, right? right? And then breaking today, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis were both named to the Doak Walker Award watch list, which goes to the nation's best running back. Elijah Mitchell, I'll start with him. Nearly 200 carries last season, 1,147 yards, and 16 touchdowns. 16 touchdowns was 11th in the country. Wow. Now, and being a local kid, you know, you, you saw Leva, you saw Elijah at Erath and what he could do on the high school ranks, but obviously high school and college is a completely different different ball game. You know, did, did you expect his game to transition to, to college as well as it has? Well, I'll, I'll pose it this way. Uh, Levi, is it's an accomplishment to be on the list. I don't know how many people actually think he can win. You know, it's a G5 quarterback more than, more than anything else, not necessarily uh, a performance-based situation. I mean, he's on the list. That's great. Can he win? Uh, I don't know. I think 
Elijah Mitchell is uh, a legitimate top ten uh, talent uh, in the in the country. You know, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think he's a you know, call it a homer statement. What you know, whatever you want to call it. I think he's a top five G five uh, running back. He's got the tools. He's got the skills. He's got the experience. Uh, he's got the coaching staff. He's got the line. He's got everything he needs for a 2,000-plus yard season, you know, 15, 20 touchdowns. He's going to get the touches. We know that. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the hype is real with, with Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, you know, there's there's no question about that. Like I said, 16 touchdowns, that was for number 11 in the country. And, you know, it's never a, a slouch year if a running back goes over 1,000 yards. Sure. Um, we'll look at Trey Regis now, 116 carries, 820 yards, and 11 touchdowns in split minutes with Elijah Mitchell. You know, he, he's kind of been the workhorse since his sophomore year. Um, actually, his redshirt freshman year, I should say. He spent his first year on campus with an ankle injury. But, I mean, his, his first year playing, he had 813 yards. In 2018, he had nearly 1,200 yards. Last year, he had another 820. And that was with nagging injuries and a depth chart that was sick. Right, a loaded depth chart. You had, you had Kale, who was drafted. You had, of course, Eli, and then... You got the, you got the bruiser Regis. I mean, these numbers they speak for themselves. Yeah, uh, Jerry. You know, who who do you who would you expect to see more out of in twenty twenty out of um out of Elijah Mitchell and Jerry Regis? I expect them to each contribute. I mean, that's what makes so that that's what made it so great last year with the Trinity. Every every single running back, whether it was Ray Ray, whether it was Eli or or, or Trey, I mean, they all contributed in their own way, right? I mean, you, you give the ball, you want to give somebody open field, you give it to Randy Colley, which now Chris Smith is coming in, right? And he's true. he's going to fill in that void just perfectly. He's a perfect replacement because he's he's a speedster, he's a scat back, and then all of a sudden you've got a guy like Trey Regis on third and one, third and two, he'll run over you for five or six yards and wear your defense down. And then you've got Elijah Mitchell, who's sort of a hybrid. He does a little bit of both. Um, as far as expectations for both of them, I expect each of them to play their to his, his role once again. I mean, that, that's what makes this running game so rushing attack so dangerous because they each can play their each can play their role. And I think both of them have NFL potential. I mean, you look Absolutely. at Trey Regis; he comes with the full package. He's got size and he's got speed and he's got, and he roll you over. I mean, he's he's Deuce McAllister reincarnated almost. And then you've got Elijah Mitchell who. Is, has more of that athletic build in him. So, you know, I, you know, when you have when you're in the G five and you have this running back trio that is just that has, just basically each plays his part in the style of, of runs that they that he brings. It's it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And I think, to be honest with you, I expect both or all three to do great things this year. Yeah, and, and you know, Jim Nagy, the uh, senior director of the Reese Senior Bowl in Mobile, he's listed both Regis and Mitchell as one of the top running backs. In the draft class, I think if Regis proves he can catch the ball out of the backfield, he's right. absolutely going to be drafted. And not not just listed them as best backs in the class, but with names like Travis Etienne and Najee Harris from Alabama. Right. He he called Mitchell and Regis the best running back tandem in the country, not in Alabama. Right. I mean, wow. that's just that's volumes for high praise from Nagy for for what this team can be. Okay, guys, switching. Switching sports real quick, Tony Robichaud, the late, great Raging Cajuns baseball coach, will be honored in the American Baseball Coaches Association 2021 Hall of Fame class. You know, this is an honor much deserved. I think it's an honor that is a couple years later than most people probably expected. Uh, You know, Josh, I'll start with you. 
what what kind of honor as a lifelong you know raging cajun fan how what does this honor mean to you and to this community well we've said it time and time again the guy has just had a a immeasurable impact on all of us the community the sport uh college baseball as a whole uh you know I, i don't think that that's overstating it uh he should be inducted into every Hall of Fame, collegiate, professional life, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, this guy just, he was a titan, and he was, and uh, he deserves all this, and I'm happy for his family, I'm happy for Judd and, and Austin and the girls. I'm, I'm, what can you say? Uh, there's really nothing more that we can say about Rogue. I mean, I know he's, uh, he's sitting up there looking, uh, looking down, and he's probably saying, I don't deserve that. Don't worry about me. Uh, that's probably what well, he's thinking. But, yeah, I mean, that's what he always said. But for the guy, for the guys and the ladies uh, of his family and Miss Colleen, it's uh, it's good. It's great. Jerry, what about you? Yeah, I want to say congratulations to the Robo Show family. You know, Miss Colleen, Ashley, Ott, Judd, you know, well-deserved. Um, and, and it's obviously too soon to honor him in a way where he's gone, you know. Um, it's, 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 it's still tough. It's still hard to believe that he's gone, uh, even after a little over a year. But at the same time, uh, now that he's gone, what better way to honor him than to put him in the Hall of Fame? I mean, that, that's, that's the biggest honor you can get as a college baseball coach, to get honored like this. And to, to get honored so quickly, um, you know, even after one year after his passing, it's a testament to, to not only the type of coach he was, but to the man he was. And so I know that those, uh, whoever, whatever the board, whoever the board must have been or whoever does these, the voting, I'm sure didn't even hesitate, didn't even think twice before putting his name on the list. I mean, he was an easy first ballot, but, um, you know, it's still hard to believe he's gone, but I just want to congratulate uh, Coach Robe up in heaven and congratulate his family on, on such a great, a huge accomplishment because, um, you know, just the impact that he left on this community and on this program has been outstanding, and he'll be somebody we'll never forget. Absolutely. A well-deserved honor for 36 indeed. Before we transition into the main story that we want to break down for you guys some interesting news came across the Twitterverse this morning. Uh, former App State coach and current University of Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz was on a media Zoom call this morning, and he was asked the question if he's ever coached in front of a, a sparse crowd. His response, Brother, I coached in the Sun Belt. Thoughts? Freaking Nerdwitz strikes again. <laughs> Guy's a boob, man. I said that at the beginning of, of his tenure at App State. I never trusted him. Uh, look what he did to the fans up there in Boone on his way out. And then he goes and plagiarizes his uh, induction speech at App at Mizzou, <laughs> which was just classless and tacky. And uh, I think that's the kind of guy he is. I hope that uh, I hope Billy gets an opportunity to play him this coming year. God, I hope so. And I hope he stomps a mud hole in him. And I hope he takes a shot on the way out. But a thinly veiled shot, you know, we don't yeah. want to be tacky we're, like we're, this. Class. We're, we're classy. Oh man, uh, if I'm if I'm a guy uh, that supports App State, I, I just I shake my head and I go, uh, he 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 tricked us. He, he's uh he's a little bit uh self absorbed and he's just gonna take these type of shots. But it what, the thing about it that, that upsets me is that yeah we have some programs that don't have a ton of support in the league. But didn't we they also have, have didn't some leading attendance last year. Leading attendance, you got guys, you know, you got programs like us. You got programs like A State. Who uh, you know? If you, you have to forgive their 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 criminal uh, uh, mentality up there, but uh, they support their team, and it makes the other programs in the Sun Belt look bad. I don't like that. 
Yeah, um, I mean, the comments he made, I'm just thinking to myself, first of all, Missouri actually struggles in attendance. So that's where I'm just kind of like, okay, right. you're an SEC <laughs> school, that's great, but if you want to compare Mizzou's attendance to LSU, Alabama, Auburn, even like a losing Arkansas team, he really has no room to talk. You can't draw flies compared to LSU I mean, and Alabama. And that's what I'm saying. You know? So, like, why, you know, I understand he laughs, you know, oh, it's funny, I coached in the Sun Belt, but then on top of that, he's taken over a program that really historically is average on top of that, that still needs. You know, they need everything they can to help them get support. Absolutely. You know, so it's almost like there's a sense of tone deafness coming out when he said that because it's one thing if you're at Auburn or you're at Florida and you make a comment like that. Okay, because you know you're going to sell out your stadium. Right. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be 80,000 people in the yeah, stands every I mean, weekend. Look at, look, at, look at Mizzou right now. Look at their attendance on a regular Saturday. They don't sell out. What is it, probably probably 40? Yeah, they don't fill their stadium. So, I, you know, it's hilarious because even their attendance numbers – actually rivals some G5 schools. So I, I would be very careful and have a little bit of self-awareness before making comments like that, especially if he's going to coach a team this year that, like we are talking about, has a chance to lose to to us, to Louisiana. So, I, I, yeah, just tone deafness to the core. Just The yeah. guy has lived a charmed life. He walked into a ready-made winner. Yeah. All right? And, and, and he – look, they had a great season. Well, absolutely. One of the best seasons they've ever had. I, I'm not overlooking that, but – Look, you. I don't know. It's, it's not like you build that program from the ground up. No, this was not a. This was not a. a yeah, you you, you you were handed a winner and you made them a little bit more of a winner. Yes, right. And you were a jerk while you did it. So, yeah. hey, have fun in Mizzou. We'll see you back in the belt in a couple years. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Moving on, we'll talk about the the big news. Uh, Cajun yeah. Nation was was a little thrown off yesterday when Ragin Pajin stopped working. Um, you know, they, they said that it was it was maintenance, but some people had a feeling that it was, you know, a little more than that, a little more to it. Uh, we're not going to divulge into that strictly because we don't really know what's going on. Um, but we do know that a new fan forum was created called Ruger Rooms. And, uh, you know, Man About Town here, he's a, he's a big forum guy. So uh, we'll let him, you know, kind of divulge into what Ruger Rooms is is all about. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'll get us started because I, I really think that there's a discussion to be had here. And uh, I call it the Ruger Room, but RugerRooms.com is symbolically a passing of the torch to a little bit of a younger generation. It's going to be a different voice. Uh, and I know I'm speaking like I have ownership. I, I have absolutely nothing to do with its founding. Um, to some guys that uh, I know a bit, they they got together and really made it work coming out of the gate. They've done an excellent job, but I think that the fan board uh, forum, whatever you want to call it, serves a, a big integral part of a fan base. Uh, it's kind of like the voting of the citizenry in America. You have a voice, and it's really uh, your best tool to make change. And anybody that's posted on Raging Pageant over the years. They know, uh, especially people that have been contacted from Martin Hall or the the different leadership apparatus up there. Uh, it can get sticky, you know, with some of the things that are said. But it goes to show that there's power in what you say on the internet if you if you use it properly. You can't get up there and mf everybody. Obviously, uh, I've tried that that. That route doesn't work. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you go up there and you articulate what you need to say and you have good points, people read it and they listen. A lot of times, uh, it can it can bring about change. And uh, in our case, it was some needed change. 
So I would love to talk about that. I'd like to lay out why I think it's important, why I think it's symbolic, why I think it's it's timely, and uh, I'd love to hear what you all think too. Well, I think it's a diverse message boards. Um, you know, there's a lot of fan sites that have multiple message boards. I think, you know, Rage of Pagan, I don't think it's going anywhere. I know that I'm hearing there's supposed to be a return soon, but I think now we're kind of in a dead season. There's a lot of unknowns with whether or not we're going to have sports this upcoming fall to where maybe it was time for a break because some of the debates on the site were getting a little too personal. I think that if you, ta- you know, you're talking about certain political issues, you were talking about certain things going on with the university, and before you know it, there were people just doing nonstop attacks on each other to where some of the threads got censored. And so I think as a whole, um, it sounded like <laughs> the, the site needed to take a little bit of a break. Uh, but in the meantime, with Ruger Rooms coming out, I believe that there is, um, you know, one thing about Ruger Room is that you've seen the popularity of it through social media, Twitter, Facebook, um, younger people sharing uh, you know, the younger generation of Raging Cajun fans sharing their thoughts and what they believe, uh, you know, should bring the program forward. And, and they decided to go post there. And, you know, all of us have had a chance to go check it out. Uh, Josh, I know you've posted there a few times already. I've posted there a few times already. And I just think it brings a little bit of a, di- a diverse message of, of Cajun athletics, you know. And, and look, Raging Cajun is a fantastic site. I love it. I think it's a great place for Cajun fans to mingle. At the same time, now you have more options. Uh, I'm still going to go to Raging Cajun. I'm still not, and it's not going to change uh, me trying to get news or opinions of fans. But I do think that um, there is a fine line of being able to split up uh, fans' point of views because you might have one site that thinks a certain way, you might have another that thinks another. And so it's kind of like news today, right? You don't know which one's biased, which one isn't. And so I think with a little bit more diversity on opinions, a little bit more diversity on message boards, you just get more places where you can where you can you can share uh, your thoughts and, and how you feel as a Cajuns fan, regardless of what season it may be, which sport is playing. So uh, I really like the site so far. I think they've done a fantastic job uh, getting it up and. I've noticed the reaction has been very positive. I've seen a lot of people have joined the site within a span of 24 hours. Well, I got some numbers here for you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So, over 24 hours of the launch, right? 470 guests, 100 members, 4,762 views. That's wow. in 24 hours of a site that popped up overnight. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty impressive, I think. RP, yeah. RP was, if you want to keep it. Uh, within the Sun Belt, participation has always been sky high compared to other fan bases. And in the G5, we were up in the higher echelons of participation in the fan board. So it wasn't totally shocking, but you know, anytime you launch something new like that, no question, uh, participation numbers always, you know, you kind of you follow it to see if you have any validation on was this a good idea? Was it a good time? I think they did that. Yeah, you know, I've been to a few sites before with other G5 schools, and a lot of times you have places like Scout, you have, uh, what's another one, uh, Rivals, Rivals, and they have yeah. that sort of sub, that that, that, that sort of um, uh, sub-form under these sites, and, you know, one thing about Raging Cajun is that it's its own site, it's independent, and it's run by a poster who just happens to be a fan, and, um, you know, that's what I love about the, the fan forums in general for UL or Cajun fans or Cajun Nation is that... It's really all sort of just, it's a, um, it's just, it's, it's just, they're all fan made, you know? I mean, just look at us. I mean, we're not associated with the university. We're not associated with anyone. We're just fans that enjoy tweeting news about the Cajuns and, 
getting opinions from a fan's point of view. Um, and so I think that's kind of what you see with Cajun, uh, Cajun fan forums compared to other schools where you don't really have many other schools that have these type of forums that have that type of participation. So it's really a testament to the Cajun, the passion of the raging Cajun fan base that allows for these things. And I think Ruger Rooms just adds to that. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I, I don't get super involved in the, the fan forums and whatnot, but I feel like the boards like Rivals and Scout and all that that you have to pay for, Yeah, I feel like they are worse than the boards that are created like Rage and Pageant and Ruger Rooms and stuff like that. Well, you have less control, and I think the word I was looking for was organic. Most of the Cajun sites are organic. I mean, what we're doing is organic. I would add to that the credibility that you have when it's for the fans, by the fans, far outweigh. Uh, you know, even if you have a pay site that has more features, you know, something <laughs> like that. You know, a lot of times these guys are doing it for a profit. Uh, a guy like John, a raging Cajun, he did it out of passion. You know, these guys behind Ruger Room is it's behind it's it's for uh, the enjoyment of the the social activity and the discussion and, uh, you know, the history of it all. That's where you get your best content, in my humble opinion. Well, it's like what we do. I mean, look at us. And not to, not to pat myself on the back or pat any of you guys on the back, but we're not doing this for money. We're doing this because we love our university. We're doing this because we're Cajun diehards. And we, I think... We spend money. We spend money. We don't yeah. make money. <laughs> we, yeah, but I mean, but, but it goes to show you the passion of this fan base. I mean, when you have guys or people in general that just come out of nowhere and just form these things on their time... It's, it's a testament to the passion of this fan base and what these fans want. And, you know, the beauty of it is the following from it. I mean, you've seen, like, like Josh just mentioned, how fast, how much traffic that site got has gotten in 24 hours. It's very impressive. Well, I, you can look right now. They've I mean, got RP numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. It's phenomenal. It's impressive. And the thing is, you know, when RP shut down for a little while, undergoing maintenance, I mean, you saw all over Twitter what happened to Raging Pageant. Where yeah, everybody go? freaked out. Well, I've got, an, I've got an anecdotal story for that. Uh, Mrs. Matt works in Refineryville, mm -hmm. and her next door neighbor in the office, uh, they were having a discussion about something, and uh, it came up that uh, he saw come across his timeline. Now, this is a guy that does not follow UL Sports. This is a guy that is a LSU grad, does not post on Raging Page, and none of this. Mm -hmm. He mentioned to her because, you know, obviously she's a UL baseball fan, big baseball fan, uh, mentioned to her that he saw on Twitter that there's raising paging problems and that this new thing called Ruga something that's popped up. Ruga something. This is a this is a person that lives an hour away, follows completely different sporting events, uh, program, university, etc. And he saw it come across his Twitter timeline. Does not follow anything that we are involved with whatsoever. So that should tell you what kind of impact uh, and and how far your words go. Even on something as you know, call it what you want. It's stupid. It's it's. It's not meaningful, whatever. The things that you post on a fan board, especially when it comes to Louisiana politics, Louisiana sports, it goes a long way in this state. You know, it's a small world, man. The world's getting smaller all the time. So people need to remember that when they get on the board, if they want to use it as a tool, which, which is what I encourage, uh, and it's the way that I try to use the board, uh, for change and for improvement and for progress. Uh, that should be top of mind, in my opinion, uh, when we're posting that. Yeah, there, there's no question. You know, you need to you need to keep it about you know, as clean as as possible. Um, well, look, I I like the colorful language. I I am for calling somebody a dick bag. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I think it really gets the point across. Uh, and, but it's look, there's time. There's a time and a place, right? So, uh, 
you know, we don't want to dox anybody and we don't want to, you know, name names and, and show pictures and dates and where the bodies are buried, you know, <laughs> none of that kinds of stuff. But I think that you can have a little fun and you can be a little colorful without being censored. I think that's absurd. It's un-American. We shouldn't censor people because they use a four-letter word. Well, here's the problem. I mean, you... you well, yeah. I don't know. Censorship's becoming pretty American lately. But, well, you know, no, I digress. The, well, the problem is this. When it, comes to, when it comes to athletics as a whole is that most of these people that, you know, whether or not they give $100, $100,000, $1,000, whatever, there's a lot of these people on these message boards that are also donors that fund these athletic programs. Right. So if you can't give them an opinion, if, say, for instance, the, the football team has a bad game and they're upset... Well, they got a right to vent. I mean, it's still like they're the customer. We're the paying customer. Yes. We go to the games. We put butts in the seats. Right. We add to the the pageantry. Of There's it no all. program and, without a fan base. Right. And so this idea that well, you can't say this, you can't say that. Well, says who? Of course, who? I can. Says who? And so that's the, I've seen that uh, in most fan bases. I've seen some of it in our fan base. You know, where if you ask a question, you say something. Oh my gosh, you're creating controversy. Well, transparency is key here. You know, I mean. If I'm giving money to your athletic program, if I'm giving money which funds a coach's salary, I have a right to speak my mind. And if you don't like it, too bad. I mean, and that's one thing that's great about the fan form is you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. boil it down to its simplest form. If you're willing to deal with the consequence that comes with the things that you say, say whatever the hell you want to say. Yeah. As long as you can deal with it. Now, look, if there's some sort of a fallout that negatively impacts you, you can look at yourself squarely in the mirror. You know, you know, everybody likes to throw around the First Amendment. Well, the First Amendment is protection from the government, but I digress. The thing is, if you, it, there is no protection from consequence for the things that you say. Absolutely. So put your big boy panties on, say what you need to say, and then deal with the consequence. You know, I, I'm a perfect example of that. I've had things come my way because of things I've said, especially on Raging Cajun. But, uh, you know, that's fine. I'm willing to deal with that. Oh, me too. Me too. I've been cornered before by people if I'm critical of someone or team or whatever, and Hey, you know what? I'm a fan. I have a right to say what I want, and it is what it is. It's not slander, right? If I if a if a team loses and I'm mad at the coach for blowing a game, it's not slander. It's what I saw. You know, there's a difference between, like you said, talking about someone making a personal attack of so and so is this, so and so is that, compared to, well, I can't believe this team. I can't believe we blew a lead, or I can't believe we the coach made a bad decision. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, fans are going to complain about that. Now. If it's consistent and you complain about every little thing, then okay, that's one thing. But again, that's what fan forums are for, is for you sometimes to vent. Maybe you don't, might not like to hear it all the time. Maybe some of our people see nothing but sunshine and rainbows. Hey, that's your right just as much as it is for a fan who's dissatisfied with if they had a bad game day experience or the team played horribly, right, and they spent their money to watch bad performances. It is what it is. I mean, we, we are the critics. We're the fans. We're the customer. The banter is part of the experience. Exactly. What are, what are we with without banter in sports? How boring would that be? Absolutely. Good, bad, whatever, indifferent, in the middle. You got to be talking about the team. They should be thrilled. And when I say they, I mean you know the people that have historically had problems being criticized. You know, if if I'm in, you know, at this point, sports is kind of a, a public position. It's a little bit of a celebrity. It, it's part of the job. You know, don't take the job if you can't stand some guy in, in row H, you know, hollering at you about calling a timeout in a bad spot. You know, right. it's part of the deal. And also, too, I mean, the reality is, like you said, I mean, you've got people that um, that will they'll criticize and sometimes they get a little harsh, but you are in the public eye. It comes with the territory. I mean, it's part of the job. You signed up for it, you know, and 
Um, you know, with sports these days, because it's public, there's a lot more expectations on you. You know, the, the spotlight's on you more often than not. And then with social media, it's it's become rampant, right? Oof. I mean, it's now they know if you're a coach and they see you out, they'll take a picture of you. It's almost like you're a Hollywood star. What did he or she eat? What do they like to do when they're off time? What do they, you know, oh, I saw coach and his wife at the movies. What movie did they go see? <laughs> so, I mean... You know, it's it's the business you choose, but at the same time, it comes with the territory sometimes where you might have a fan that might not like, you know, may, a fan that might be critical. And that's the beauty of, like, places like Rage and Page and the Ruger Rooms is that fans can express that. And I think that's – it's not a bad thing to the to the fan base. It's a good thing. Because, it's a great thing. Yeah. It shows that people care. Exactly. Good or bad. That's the point. The worst place you, you can be is in the middle where and people just are indifferent. That's the worst place you can be. You know, I understand that you don't want nothing but negative attention towards your program. Totally understand that. But people are smart enough to kind of filter that stuff out. So I don't really see it as a threat. Uh, if I was in a marketing position or if I was, you know, in charge of getting control of the message out there, I would pay a little attention to that. It's free feedback. It's free feedback. It's I a mean, survey. It's a live, in real time survey. You should use it as a tool. You shouldn't hide from it. When there's, I'll tell you this, when fans don't say anything about something and they're quiet about it, even after a loss, they're like, eh, whatever. That's when you should, that's when you should start worrying. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. That's when, when there becomes a sense of a complacency of just failure where you're like, eh, whatever. What's new? It is what it is. Right. That's when you're like, okay, there's something wrong here. Because it goes to show you, they're not going to pay money to come see you. They're not going to care. They're not going to put effort to, to pay attention to you. That's when it becomes... That's when it becomes a, a red flag in my book. And I think, luckily for Raging Cajun and Aruga Rooms, uh, Cajun fans, don't they don't hold back. They definitely don't hold back. And look, there's never been a time in human history where uh, competition was bad for the consumer. No. So regardless of if you have some sort of loyalty to RP or you're really excited about Aruga Rooms, I mean, either way, it enhances the fan experience, and there's nothing wrong with that at 100%. all. So, uh, And then I'd also like to say with that uh, – there's a little bit of a changing of the guard, kind of like I mentioned early, earlier. Uh, there's a, a younger generation that got a taste of winning with HUD, and you know, 2014 was just so magical, winning the winning the belt in almost every major sport. And uh, I think that, that that generation has now started to kind of take over with the voice. The the you, know, you see a lot more Twitter interaction. You see a lot more social media it, as a whole interaction. Um, you know the different boards, the, the new board. There's just so many different things that are going on, and I know it's a tough time with COVID. I know, I, I know. I think that this will end up proving to be a, a crucial time in the G5, but at every program level. Uh, did you survive and did you thrive when you came back? Absolutely. And I think there are a lot of opportunities uh, to fill the void. I think that Raging Review has an, a huge opportunity to fill the void with. Uh, you know, unfortunately, KPL is really struggling with funding and, and it's really not any of their fault. It's just, that's the climate of today. I think that podcasting is going to be a whole lot uh, more necessary and it's going to continue to uh, get more popular as we go. And uh, I just think there's a whole lot of opportunity right now and Ruger Room is filling one of those voids and I hope that continues to happen. I hope fans continue to step up blogs, uh, sites, podcasts, what have you. I hope that continues. That, that's only good for us. And you have a place to talk about everything right now. There's a lot of frustration with the unknowns, right? We don't even know 
I mean, you're coming out with news over the past few days that some conferences in the FCS level just cancel sports for the rest of the year. No football. Then you've got the bigger conferences like the Big Ten coming out saying, we're just going to play conference-only opponents. Then you've got schools like or conferences like the SEC that are like, well, we don't know what we want to do. So where does that leave conferences like ours, the G5, Conference USA, Mountain West, Up in the air. AAC, Sunbelt? What, what do we do next? So because of that, you know, we as season ticket holders and supporters and donors, we're like, well, what do we? What, what's next? Where do we give our money to? Are we going to have somewhere to give our money to? Are we going to have a? Are we going to have a season? Right. So that leaves a lot of question marks. And because of all that, it's a place for fans to just talk about it and say, yeah. hey. This is what's going on. This is what we feel about it. And that's the beauty of having these multiple outlets to to allow for our fans to talk and, and gather and, and, and kind of suffer through it together, right? Well, um, you know, let, let's go ahead and address that elephant in the room. You know, obviously with COVID-19, there's, there's so many unknowns coming into late July, early August. You know, football season's about 45 days away. Um, you know, is there going to be a season? And if there is, in what capacity? You know, like like Jerry said with the Big Ten, are we going to play conference-only opponents? You know, there's just are, yeah. I mean, are it, are there going to be full face shields for players? Like, what's what what's the outlook in your guys' opinion on a 2020 football season? Right now, I don't I don't like the way it looks. Um, when the LHSAA came out the other day saying that Louisiana will allow high school football if we're in phase four, well, it's mid-July, and we're, we're only in Phase 2. I don't so, think there is a Phase 4. I mean, well, I mean, but, but just to phase, get to phase that. Four, phase 4 in the educational model. Right. But we're not, we're, we're, we're not even at that point yet. We're not even close. And that, that's scary because, you know, on a regular calendar year, without all of this stuff, I mean, college players report, technically, they would have reported in two weeks. NFL, some training camps start around this time of year, usually. And we're, our state's in Phase 2. So, you know, there's some states in phase three. There's some states that are making progress, but we're not. And the problem is that, you know, the impact of football and sports in general down here, it's a little bit different than other states. And so when your state is not able to get to that level, I mean, how, how do you play sports? I mean, look at California, New York. I mean, no states right now. I mean, California is going back to being semi-shut down. And so how are they going to be able to compete? They're not. So that that's... I think right California now, hates football anyway. Well, they just—I mean, I don't know—they just hate. California it. hates a lot of things. They hate a lot of things in general, but but it gets to, but it goes back to not everybody's going to be on the same page, and so that's where that sort of contingency plan has started to step in. Of okay, some of these conferences are not going to play. What do we do? And because of that, I just don't see uh, a consistency there. Plus, from a financial standpoint, you play without fans. There's not a single school in America that's going to make money. Right. Period. Look, you look at some schools like in the P5, some of these schools net around 35 to $40 million just off-season tickets. If you've got to refund all that, where are you going to get your money from if you play with no fans? These schools can't afford that right now because most college athletic programs run on thin profit margins to begin with. I think that dump on the other side of the basin is like $92 million bucks. $92, million, $93 season? That's just their, to break that's even. total profit. Just to break even. Just to break even. They need 92 and $93 million just to break even. What's going to happen when $40 million of that goes away when they have to refund fans for season tickets? What's going to happen when the SEC TV contract deal, usual 50 to $60 million they get paid, oh, has to get poor, decreased? Poor Ed Ogeron has to pull it out of his back pocket. What's going like, to happen? But, but that's the thing. They, they would be fine. No, no, they wouldn't. They, they would be fine. Dude, Power 5 programs like LSU and Alabama and Texas 
have so much money under the table that they do not report that I guarantee you they would they would sit there on the news and go, woe is me, but they would be fine. Here's the problem with that, though. Football would be fine. Football. But, but, but to those, volleyball, but to those, uh, okay, swimming. Okay, do you really think that those sports matter to schools like LSU? When it comes to Title IX, yes. Title IX will kick in. Title IX, real that, that, you're asking for lawsuits when you do that. That's correct. I mean, that's the problem. And look, I know what you're saying. From a football standpoint, they'd be fine. But technically, they won't because you got to remember, a lot of those programs don't have reserve accounts. Yeah, they'll have donors, but right now. Reserve. Yeah, the reserve. But they talk about donors. Well, donors will give. Donors aren't giving right now. They can't afford to give twenty five grand that they usually give when they're trying to keep their businesses open. That's what I'm coming to. There's so much more to it than just, oh, well, we're Texas, so we just have all this money. You might have some money you saved up, but if you expect fans to give the money they usually give on a regular basis, they're not giving that this year. The scariest part is is the uncertainty. Uh, that yeah, that I, too. I've given this some ta- some thought. I think so. Right now, public school uh, in August is a political battle. I mean, oh that's what gosh. it is. So I think the fallout from that decision or those series of decisions uh, is going to really play a part in collegiate sports in the fall. You think so? I really do. I think it's something that if the model works, right, at the elementary school level, grade school level, middle school level, if it works and you don't see an insane amount of rises in uh, cases, I think that maybe some of these commissioners – uh, maybe they rethink it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they get desperate. I still, I, I don't think it's completely out of the question that we can play ball. Now, does it look good? Of course not. It doesn't look great, to be honest yeah. with you. But uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know. Look at, I think App State, yeah, it was App State. App State is looking to fill, I think, two uh, open dates that, that have been vacated by schools that Other said they weren't going to play. Right. So at least, you know, I know ADs have to do their due diligence. You can't be caught with your pants down if you do play football. Uh, but I think that that's an encouraging sign. And, uh, you know, hell, man, why don't, why don't G5 guys just band together and say, let's play each other? You know, let's just stay regional if we can. I know UH is looking for a game. Right. Uh, maybe that's the answer. You see, I would, it's, so, it's so fluid, you know? It is. You see, you know, conference realignment was a big talk just, you know, a few months ago. And, you know, there, there was the, these talks about doing conferences by region. Yeah, I would love that. Could you imagine playing teams like Tech, Houston, Rice, Southern Miss, North Southern Texas. Miss, Northwestern State, every single year? Fan interest would skyrocket. Rivalries would uh, like that, would that's a win-win of... for everybody. One thing about the conference realignment and all the change in the landscape is it destroyed rivalries. That that rivalries. Yeah, I talk about it all the time. Hating sports. We've lost a ton of the hating sports. The hating sports is what made it great. Think about it. Like. People love pro wrestling around here, which, you know, call it what it is, it's stupid to me, but people love it. The reason why they loved it, they loved it was because there was a heel. You had the heel, and then you had the good guy. You had yeah. Hogan, and then you had, you know, Razor Ramon. Right? Andre, Hogan and Andre. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so there, we, we, can't, we can't demonize uh, tech as much as we used to because as much don't as— don't ever play them. You know, we still hate their guts. How about the guys that just graduated 10, 10 and, and less years ago? Yeah, ten and fewer years ago, they don't hate tech. They're just it's a, it's a mild pimple on their ass. They don't right. really care. Well, they know? talk about I mean tech fans. Oh, we you know they, they even try to bring up a rivalry with us and like oh we beat y'all. Well, it's five years ago. Right. We haven't played you in five or six years. Yes. It's a totally different team. And yeah. you haven't beat you know? us in anything other than football. Yeah, I so, mean, 
the, the regional conferences would be great for fan interest. I think revenue would increase. I think you'd have a, interest, a spike in interest. That's like I saw a post on Twitter the other day from a, a Fox Sports college basketball page. And it said it listed the teams, the schools that have a national title in both men's and women's basketball. And there was some sports reporter that retweeted it and said Louisiana Tech will join this list soon enough. <laughs> I said they haven't made a regional in thirty years. Like, they haven't made the tournament. They haven't made the tournament since like the Soviet Union existence. So like, where, 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 in what universe have, have they the t- shown potential? You've got to make the tournament first to be. I want to. I want to comment on when you say they haven't made the the dance in twenty eight years. It sounds so much longer when you say since the USSR was in existence. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, oh, really? Look, lo- like, like hair metal band, hair metal music was popular when they last made the tournament. Okay, the Madonna, USSR Madonna was coming out with number one hits. You know, we were singing "Walk Like an Egyptian" on the mainstream radio. I mean, do we do I, do I need to keep going? This is great. Ronald Reagan was the president. Yes. I wasn't alive. Yeah, Matt like, wasn't even. Into that. Matt wasn't even alive. I wasn't alive. Matt wasn't even alive. I mean, I was just born. I, I was I I was wearing diapers as a as my older, my older brother, who is four and a half years older than me, was not alive. There you go. I mean, uh, Josh, like the Josh man just was, turned twenty-seven and he was not alive. Matt I was mean, in diapers, I guess. Matt was in diapers. I was barely born. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Like I said, Madonna was coming out with number one hits. Uh, hair metal was was popular. Britney Spears was twelve and not on drugs. Miami Vice, Miami Vice I mean, was uh, the number. I one mean, we could go on. I mean, should we keep going about this? I mean, so so yeah. Look, right now, like you talked about, I think oh, from a regional Louisiana standpoint, Tech. the fact of the matter is, from a regional standpoint, one thing it does, it saves money. I mean, look at UTEP; they're out in the boondocks of West Texas having to go to Old Dominion to, to play in some volleyball Which matches. blows my mind. I mean, the, the, what, what this season I think will do, and, and, and I've heard people say this, and it's a good point, regardless of what happens this upcoming football season, if there's football, if there's a watered-down version of football, I would hope that the athletic programs and the universities will sit down and think twice on how they spend their money Absolutely. and how effective they are in their cash I, flow. I think, well, I think it's a necessity at this point. But I have, I, I have a question to pose to you guys. Would you... What would you – how do I say it? Would you rather a watered-down season just to see football or if you knew that that watered-down season would end without a bowl game or no real uh, postseason anything, would you take the well, football or would you say wait? Who, who, who's to say that even a watered-down season doesn't end in, in a postseason? Well, you, I think here's, right now the here, Here's is, my thought process. Say everybody goes to conference only, right? What you could do is you could still have a 12-game season. You could have a conference championship. Right. You could have a conference, and you could still have a 12 game season. Think about it this way. You, you know, there's what? There's 12 teams in the Sunbelt Conference? Yeah. I think there's 10. 10? Right? Is there 10? Okay. 10 football playing members. I'm pretty I sure that's 10, right. Yeah. So, okay, you have a 10 game season. There's 12 season. for other sports. I you play, instead of, instead of skipping out on a team like we have to do every year, you play everybody. Sure. And then you, you, don't, do, you don't do East and West. Everybody plays everybody. At the end of the year, the top two teams play in the conference championship game. I mean, I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment, absolutely. Um, and then I, I think if every conference, you know, disbands divisions and just, you know, does it, you know, one and two, I don't think there's a reason why we can't have a full football season. I mean, if you look at our schedule, um, you know, the four non-conference games include McNeese, Wyoming, Missouri, and then you've got New Mexico State. Uh, do we play Liberty this year? No. We don't play. I think it's next, think year. next year. Okay, so you've got New Mexico State. You've got yeah, Mizzou, New Mexico State, Mizzou, Wyoming, Wyoming and McNeese. McNeese. You would probably take at least like McNeese. I'd play. I'd play right. that. Um, but 
my own thing, you would probably room. scratch. Yeah, you, you'd want to look New at Mexico the other State. Room. You'd scratch. I think you still play Mizzou. I think that's still depends close on enough. what the SEC does. Yeah, I think I but think, I think Mizzou there, is close enough. But then from there, what I would do is I would look at regional teams. If you have to scratch the other three, two or three games, like I would look at like a Northwestern State. I would look at a Southeastern. I would look at a Houston. I would look at Rice teams that already had to play SEC teams or P five conferences that basically shut down non conference. And I'd give them a call and say, "Look, let's play." Right. Let's play. I said, you know, I mean, let's play. Why lose out on a game when we can just play each other? Sure. I mean, I, but now, granted, time is running short. Right. right. I mean, we're, we're technically we're a month and a half away from opening kickoff. Well, it's a yeah. short amount of time. I, I know that ADs like to make it sound like, you know, it's a NASA job to get somebody to come to play you. It's a 10-minute phone call. But they're three and a half hours away. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't. It's hard for me to believe that they can't put those God. pieces together we'll, in a month. We'll, if, if, if it's three and a half hours away, shit, we'll bust you in. You've got five or six schools right now that are within a four or five hour drive Absolutely. that you can easily schedule. If, Absolutely. If, if, if not more. things are convenient to do that. I mean, and I'm not talking like just your two lanes and your, your text. I'm talking like even in Texas. Southern Miss. Texas, Southern I'm Miss. I'm sure they're going to get a vacated game. Well, I mean, you look at like Rice, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, Houston. I mean, you've no, got. Stephen F. Austin doesn't want to have anything to do with us. Oh yeah, basketball. They don't yeah, want to come. They don't like us. We pissed them off so badly they won't even play us in badminton. Because you know we're, <laughs> the, we're we're the standard. But anyways, they don't want to come in the cage. I digress. <laughs> Take a shot at Bob. It's terrible. All <laughs> <laughs> right, Cajun Nation. We appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, we're back full force. You know, with with football season or the hopes of a football season rapidly approaching, we'll be back full force from here on out. Follow us on all social media channels: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can catch this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll be back next week with some more breaking news if there is any. As always, guys, thanks for joining us. Rugarooms.com. R-O-U-G-A-R-O-O-M-S.com. Check them out. Support them. Check it out. We're all on there. Uh, write at us if you if you have a question or something you want to talk about, you want us to talk about on the podcast. And we will, we will definitely take note of that. Cajun Nation, thanks as always. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Go Cajuns. Go Cajuns.